Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you before we start to whoever you are listening to this. Just a word of warning, we do this podcast three times a week, but we're not always sure which day it's going to be on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse and listen to the latest episode is to subscribe, get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough of that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James, I'm joined by Simon Thomas and Andy Howell today for a special podcast. We've been tasked with the most enviable of tasks, I guess, isn't it? Naming the 50 best players of 2019 and um, after many hours of deliberating and uh, looking through names, I think we're close. It's not election day, it's selection day. <laughs> oh, he's been practising. So we've cast our poll, cast our vote. Uh, we will say it's still a work in progress. Um, our colleague from down west, Mr. Orders, has chipped in with his uh, two penneths. We're going to have to look at uh, his suggestions. But it's coming together. Uh, essentially, the idea is to put a list together of the players who've been the best rugby players in the world in the year 2019. So kind of forget what's gone before that. Just look at 29 as a whole. Obviously, the World Cup is a big bearing in that. And um, from 50 to 1... Well, it's not just we, a World Cup, though, is this? It's Six no, Nations Championship plus a rugby... Yeah. I said as a big... Yeah, I know. Now, I said as a big bearing on it. As the <laughs> Grand Slam. Less, rugby less Championship, than a minute As you can see, Andy's in argumentative mood, which is quite good when we're doing something like this. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it is. We are getting towards the final stages, and by the time this podcast goes out, there will be a list on the Wales Online site of the top fifty players definitively. So, um, I suppose this is the final selection meeting, so to speak. So let's let's get into it. Let's start with the ones who perhaps have missed the cut, um, missed the top fifty. Um, where should we start? Uh, David Pocock. A good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, well, Pocock, I, I don't think he should be in the top 50 because he hardly played any rugby. I think he uh, may have had one match before the uh, World Cup and uh, didn't really perform at the World Cup. Wasn't great against Wales and against England, I would argue, he played off the uh, park by Sam Underhill and uh, Tom Curry. So as we're basing this on a whole of 2019, I don't think there's any way that Mr. Pocock should be in our list of 50. And the other one, of course, is the man who was voted World Player of the Year for 2018 which is Johnny Sexton. Yeah. And again, it's a similar thing. Sexton's played a reasonable amount of rugby, but it hasn't really happened for him. Didn't particularly happen for the Six Nations. It was part of an Ireland um, campaign that a game didn't really go as they would have hoped for it. And he's had a few injury problems. And, you know, same with Conor Murray, really, isn't he? You know, two players who I thought, you know, probably the, the, the two of the best players in the world over the last two or three years really Conor Murray was outstanding on the Lions too but if you're looking at 2019 then you have to be quite brutal about it and and certain players like that probably wouldn't make the top well, 50 you know Ireland flopped in the Six Nations Championships they went in as uh, defending champions and they flopped the World Cup that's uh, you know they lost to Japan and they got absolutely humiliated by uh, uh, New Zealand I think the same as with Pocock the father time has perhaps caught up with uh, has caught up with Sexton and Conor Murray you know, I'm not writing them off as players in one-off games, but I think consistency was lacking during the year. Stuart Hogg is another one. I mean, you know, a player who's been twice Six Nations player of the Championship. It hasn't quite happened for him. The one that I'm... He's a li- overrated, though, Stuart Hogg. Let's face facts. Come on. <laughs> let's, he's let's. overrated because he's a big fish in a small pond because Scotland is a very small pond. And that's why, you know, would he, would he, would he have gotten a Wales team? 
don't know about that. Would he go in the England team? Don't know. Would he go in the All Blacks? I don't. I just think he, he flatters to deceive. And the one his countryman Finn Russell is an interesting one for me. Yeah, because Finn Russell has played some great rugby this year for for Racing. At times, has looked good for Scotland. I couldn't. I couldn't quite. Make, you you don't think he should be there, do you, Finn Russell? Well, I'm a big huge fan of Finn Russell. Um, but no, I'm. But if you look at Scot, you know, you look at Scotland, and. Based on his on Scotland's performances, I would say no, he shouldn't be in the top fifty. His performances though for Racing ninety two would harden the case to have him in there. See, as, it stand, player, as it stands, like, Andrew, we haven't got a single Scottish player in the well, top that's, fifty. That's, well, Scottish rugby's in turmoil, isn't it? You know, less you know the under twenty team has been booted out, relegated from the, the under twenty uh, World Championship to the quarter. You've got to be worried about the f- future of Scottish rugby. It's just uh, Finn Russell. He, I mean, he's a good player. Will he make alliance story when McGatland as coach? Mm. Don't know. He'd be the, he, of the of the ones who have missed out, he'd probably be the yeah. one I would give the greatest consideration yeah. to. Mm. Yeah, he has done it on the test stage this year. I think we all remember the thirty-one all draw against England. Yeah, well scored half time. Yeah, it wasn't great first half from him, but it was. Uh, yeah, he, he no, led, I think he's he a lovely the, player. Uh, he's one of my favourite players. Uh, let me stress that he's one of my favourite players, most entertaining players uh, to watch. But I'm not sure at this moment in time, based on this year, whether or not he should be in that uh, in that team. Fair enough. You yeah, know, I th- I think there's other outside halves as well, I might. Exactly. I mean, you know, another player that probably misses out on the list, and he had a good World Cup, um, even though Eddie Jones changed his position, so to speak, a few times. George Ford. Yes. Uh, probably unlucky to miss out. The one I'm interested in is the only one on this uh, sort of honourable mentions who hasn't played any Test rugby this year. That's nice. Alex Good, European Player of the Year, um, been consistently. Top quality for Saracens at fullback. Yeah, he kept Liam Williams out of the 15 jersey for the best part of the season, and I think we can all agree that Liam's probably been one of the top 20 players of uh, uh, of the year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's only trouble for Alex, so he can't get an Assassin's team at the moment, can he? Assuming he's fit because they signed Elliot Daly was playing fullback. So what does that say? Oh, well, uh, uh, it's far, far, far bit for me to tell Mark McCullough to do his job. It's but. a funny one. If you were picking yeah. the best club team or the best club 20 of the world he'd be straight in there yeah so yeah. we're Dan Bigger because exactly. they are fantastic in, in that type well uh, Daniel Bigger uh, I Daniel Bigger you yeah. just see his name's been scribbled on your sheet yeah, yeah by me because you pay you pay I'm accusing you pay now of ignoring the claims of Mr Bigger as the ref called him last weekend so Mr Bigger I would argue perhaps should be in that top 15 in the world as should a Gaz Nanscombe both pivotal the Wales winner Six Nations Grand, uh, Grand Slam and I think sometimes because we cover Welsh rugby all the time, perhaps we take it for granted. Let me point out now that Wales won the Six Nations, Grand Slam, finished fourth at the World Cup. So, arguably, we've got quite a lot of world-class players. And, uh, you know, I'm not uh, going to be outvoted by UP about them being in the uh, top 50, but to me, there was an argument for both of them. They're good credentials. Yeah, I suppose the thing with, with, with Dan was that if you look at the Grand Slam, he, he kind of was... To an extent, playing second fiddle to Gareth Anscombe, an important role yeah. coming off the bench, and of course the thing with Anscombe is he then missed the World Cup, so they've both sort of had periods where they've not been yeah. the Wales ten. So I suppose that maybe impacts upon it a bit. Fair point. Yes, yeah, that's fair enough. I just <laughs> say it's, a, it's a democracy. It's a democracy. Yes. Is, is a election. You cast your vote yet, Dan? Not tonight, oh, uh, tonight. tonight, yeah. I'll have to find yeah, out who's on a ballot paper first. Because I will, uh, you know, they're all useless, all these parties. <laughs> right, moving on. <laughs> What's the other name you got scribbled down there? I, I can't quite make that out. Well, that is, uh, to me, uh, second best fullback in the world behind Bowden Barrett, Emmanuel uh, Buffelli. 
of Argentina, not even mentioned top 50. Superb in uh, Super Rugby, Jaguaris finished runners-up to the Crusaders, nearly beat him in New Zealand, and he was excellent in the Rugby Championship and decent at the World Cup. You're, you're the ninth in this top 50, like you didn't have any part to play in it. <laughs> Oh, and the other one was missing and he was brilliant against Wales the World Cup he was a brilliant player Matt Tamua fantastic player can't see him what's going on he, I mean how many he, games he, did he start at international level he, this year he didn't oh. do a great deal across the test scene did he well, I mean, it's a, I, I just noticed as well. You know, there's a limited number of Australians in this, in well, this group. I mean, that is a reflection, really, as you yeah, say, of the World of Cup. Course. Isn't it? I think the Australians who are in it will get might get into them a bit later. It's, it's all mm. very much people who shone individually. Isn't yeah. it? Your Corabetis, your, your Karevis. Mm. Yeah. Of course, we haven't mentioned yet. Are we Pupa Scooper? Michael Hooper, as they call him in Australia, Pupa Scooper. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Australia captain, and uh, he's not in our uh, top fifty. What did you call him? In Australia, his name is Pupa Scooper. <laughs> Because he divides opinion. It <laughs> looks like he's doing that here as well. I'll take your word for that. Would you have had him in the top 50? I wouldn't, personally. Well, we, I mean, he was, again, he was right, he, actually on the list I drew up roughly. He was number 52, so yeah. he's very close. From, from memory, I think last year he was 50 in our 2018 list. So, What do you think, Ben? I wouldn't have him in the top 50. Um, oh, so that's quite unanimous then. Yeah, <laughs> we well, go. The boys are in agreement. What's going on? I know, it's just scary, isn't it? Should we break into the top 50 then? Yeah, let's do the bottom 25 first, maybe. Okay. Um, where are the contentious I mean, names? The difficulty I find with this is there are certain players <coughs> who, who played limited rugby in 2019, but when they did, had a couple of, you know, had major games on certain occasions. Kieran Reid, for example, mm. didn't play a lot. He's had a few injuries. But he reminds you on a couple of occasions just how good a player he is. So what do you do with someone like him? And it's the same kind of situation um, like Estebez. Estebez didn't you know, have a fantastic year. And they came in the World Cup, you know, Vermeule and the same, how well he yeah. played in the World Cup. It's, it's very difficult to know how to gauge it when you know certain players are really classy players. For one reason or another, they didn't play a huge amount of rugby in 2019. But on occasions when they did, they reminded you just how good they are. So, so I I found that quite tricky. Any others, Andrew, you, you look at there that fit in? Well, Jonathan Davis. Well, I don't think Jonathan Davis should be in top 50, to be blunt about it, um, because his World Cup was ruined by injury and he didn't have a start in Six Nations. Um, or so did, did the world, did the latter stage of the World Cup when he was hit by injuries show how much we missed him? Sure, important he was in that Fiji game, didn't he? Yeah, but in the Six Nations, Wales didn't play a lot of rugby, didn't they? So that's not Jonathan Davis at all. No, 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 but you say how much we miss him. Well, the, my point is there: how much do we use him anyway? Perhaps we don't use him enough. So I understand um, what I'm saying. I, I and of course, Wales have had problems in midfield latterly, missing titles. I still think in the Six Nations, he, he proved his worth time and time again. I think that that Scotland game in Murrayfield that we were at second half, Wales were under the cosh for 40 minutes. Jonathan Davis came up time and time again defensively, uh, as he did throughout. I would argue for Jonathan being in the top fifty. Hmm. I, I tell you what, the I just bo- think injuries. <coughs> I tell you what, the uh, second, the twenty-five to fifty section shows you, which you probably wouldn't have predicted a few months ago. We've got four Japanese players in there. Yeah, you've yeah. got uh, Kazuki Humino, Shota Hori. Um, you've also got uh, Matsushima. Matsushima's in there. Um, three or three or four, and. Um, and f- yes, on the winger also uh, Fugioka. You know, um, 
which again is a reflection of just how much of an impact they made on the world stage during the World Cup, during the tournament on their host country, excited everywhere with the way they played, caught the imagination of the victories over Ireland and Scotland, pushed South Africa hard for the first half, and just the way they played and the, the kind of... It, Tournaments are always better when the host nation comes to the party and delivers. And I yeah. thought that was a, it was it was just great to watch. And which which, yeah, of, the, which of the Japanese did you think was the best? I like the number eight. I mean, you know, I thought he was excellent player, really good. Um, knew exactly what he was doing. Quick, quick as well. Explosive off the back of the uh, uh, scrum. You know, the Japan he get the ball away quickly. Don't they get to the number eight quickly for him to do something with it or for the scrum or for the scrum have to move it on. I thought he was a superb uh, player. The other interesting one for me, and of course, is Mr. Danny Cipriani. Yeah, I was about to get to him. You know, ignored by Eddie Jones, but we've seen, you know, just this last week how skillful he is. Still got it and all, you know. Is he got to be, you know, if he would say he was an Australian or a New Zealander, would he figure for that? Well, when we draw up the list, he was the one notable omission for me because we were kind of obviously focusing on um, the World Cup players and international players. And I just think the way he's performed over the last year, 18 months, he has to be in there, in my view. You know, the, you don't get um, selected as Premiership Player of the Year without yeah. being introduced. That's a good league. Mm. It's a good league. He's a wonderful player. And I think if you're picking the 50 best players in the world, he's in there. You, you wouldn't say that he single-handedly <coughs> changed Gloucester into a top four contender in, in the Premiership, but he he has, he, the he's changed the complexion of that club mm. at King's Home, hasn't he? Yeah. Massively so. Yeah, he runs the show. You know, he's the general, isn't yeah. he? And yeah. And you look at what he did on the weekend, things like that. Yeah. It's something that very few players can do. Yeah, the um, the other Welshman, of course, in the second twenty-five, we, we decided we had to find a place for Ken Owens, um, who's another great year. Really, he's like a, he's like a wine, isn't he? Like Alwyn Jones wine. just gets better, uh, you know, with vintage with the passing year. I'd have him up there a lot higher than number fifty. Yeah, yeah so. that was uh, uh, that was actually our head of sport, Paul Abandonato, actually wanted a big name in number fifty. I think there, didn't he? So uh, I think we might have to discuss that with him and see if we can get Ken a bit higher. Yeah, uh, I think you know, I think he should be in the top thirty myself, and. I'd also, I'm, I'm, well, I'm astonished at the uh, absence of Cody Taylor, the New Zealand hooker. Hang well, a second, this, this is your list as well. <laughs> I know, but you know, I'm just pointing out. <laughs> you're, you're not an outside observer <laughs> in all this. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble was, your list that you gave me was so badly written and so scrawled, like, yeah, goodness me, that like some good. doctor's note for a prescription. Oh, no, it's like watching a spider writing over a page. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got nothing to blame Funny yourself. Funny enough, where's Billy Van Apolo gone? He is in there. He's in there. He's in there. Top 20. Top 20. Oh, well done, Billy. Mm. So, yeah, and well, moving on to the top 25. We've actually start number 25, Josh Navidi. A great year again, and Yeah, he's been superb. You know, what a breakdown uh, king. I think he's had uh, excellent. He deserves his place in the top 25. And backs up what I said earlier about where Wales, what Wales did this year. The other thing, when we won't give too much away just yet, but when you do look at the top 25, you're crystallising into certain countries. You've got England, Wales, New Zealand, South Africa, and a couple of Australians, basically, yep. with, uh, with a certain Fijian uh, as well. We're going to talk we'll about. Him, yeah. But there is, and you, so you're seeing those play. If you look at the, 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 the last four of the World Cup... England, South Africa, Wales, New Zealand, they dominate that top 25, and I suppose that's the way it should be, really. Yeah, for sure. I think if you look at that list, is it? The, the, um, there was um, one Irishman as well, I noticed in there. Yeah. Tyke Furlong. Well, he's way too high. What? He's way too high. Best tight head in the world, isn't he? Is he enough? Is he at the moment? Is he better than Kyle Sinclair? Well, at the moment, he's not better than Andrew Porter. But, was, Andrew Porter was displaced him from the Leinster team, set displaced him from the Ireland team. Uh, I'm I'm I don't think he's had a great year, Furlong. <laughs> 
I'm starting to think we didn't finalise this list as well as we should have before we started recording this podcast. Well, we did. The trouble is, then he comes and joins the party. Well, boys, if we did, if this podcast be a waste of time if we won't have some healthy debate. Well, that's fine. I'm here to generate I hope you're remembering all these things you're saying now. Yeah. Sorry, Tag. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, to me, Tag Furlong almost pipped at the finishing post. Well, let's go at another. Let's look at someone else then, right? Who's um, someone? Another person who divides opinion. Owen Farrell. We've got him there, number twenty. What do you think about that? But a lot of people, including Paul Avellano, he had a sport here, would have him much higher. And I'm sure England rugby fans would have him much higher. Uh, I look at the people above him, and I think they're better players than him. Well, one above him at the moment. I think we were having discussions we'll about increasing move, his position, yeah. following input from our colleague in West Wales. Justin Tipperick, where do you think we should have Justin Tipperick at? I think he should be in the top ten in the world myself, because I just think he's been excellent, fantastic for Wales this year. Pivotal figure in their, uh, in achievements, and if you look what people who know their rugby say about him, like Lars Delalio, Steve Anson, French establishment, and all, brains of the Wales team. When I when I look at the twenty fivers, I think. Do you know who he reminds me of? Go on. Richard Hill. He's Wales's answer. Richard Hill. Richard Hill, one of the great players, as I think you would acknowledge. Yeah, great. Player. And uh, but was often underrated because he did. He just he people just took it for granted what he did. When I look at the and top 25 as well, I mean, what's good is there's a lot of kind of hard grafting nuts and bolts players in yeah, there. You know, there if you is. look, Jamie George, mm. um, Vunapola, and also the Beast returning. You know, yeah. you wouldn't have, you wouldn't probably have predicted that. You would have thought the Beast mm. was right at the end, and he has now retired. What a way he went he, out! Well, didn't he win a world? He almost singlehandedly won a World Cup final by destroying the England scrum. Well, I suppose it was the two of them, wasn't it? Because Mal Herb did a big job yeah, and he Dan did a big Cole. Job. No, he did a big job on Down Cole. He was, was oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the Malherb yeah. against um, uh, who would have been because obviously Sinclair went off early. Cole came on, and then you had Mako on the other side. Didn't yeah, you? Mako had an outing that day as well. So yeah, the beast and the beast was good in a rugby championship as yeah. well. You know, yeah. he's had a good year. He's good in can't, super rugby. Can't argue with that. What a way to, uh, uh, to finish. Out. Yeah, so and it, it just shows. Yeah, why you always stress hmm. the importance of the scrum. The other one, which we, uh, again, because you're close to it, it's probably hard to make a really sort of you know objective uh, view on it. Is Liam Williams? If you'd have said you know before the going Cup. into the World Cup, I think I had him in in my top ten or just on the edge of the, when I was picking the, the top twenty five players yeah. going into the World Cup. Didn't quite happen for him at the World Cup, man. No, I'm fairly quiet. I thought, yeah, yeah, quiet World Cup. Um, he's in our top twenty. Probably about right where he is, but uh, you know, I think he was slipping down as the year went on. Mm. Uh, he did have a quite World Cup, not everything went uh, right for him. Uh, sometimes those things uh, happen, circumstances, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, he didn't really fire the World Cup. Whereas you can look at some other players moving towards the top 10 then, yeah. who probably were outside, weren't really in contention, you know, in, in, the, in the sort of pecking order, but who've really forced themselves into the mix. I'm, I'm looking at like some Richie Mwanga, who had a very good World Cup. A lot talked about the decision to give him the number 10 jersey moving Bowden Barrett, but it justified it. He played really well. He, he would be in my top five. Well, I tried to get him in the top five, but you paid him one or no. Um, but I thought Richie Moore... This is revisionism Richie, Richie of the finest order. This it was is. the best outside half I showed in the world you the by a country mile this I year. showed you the list. I said, Why? Yeah, you are, Andy. Make some changes if you see fit. Well, I, well, I am now. Well, good. I'll try in. Try and in. Other but people, up against you, others. I'd have Liam in the top ten. Other players who fit into that category of ones who've really sort of risen up as a result of the World Cup. You say Vermeulen, who's sort of, you know, come back with a big bang, showed he's still got a lot, huge amount to offer. And oh, then yeah. Damien Dayalande, and that's another one. I mean, he, yeah. he wouldn't have been a name on many people's he'd lips. He'd be on a shortlist, be World Player of the Year. 
he wouldn't be on many people's lips lips in you know going into the tournament but he was so important to them and actually so important to uh, South Africa dare I say playing a, playing a version of Warren Ball where essentially a ball carrying 12 but he was so important of course scored the try against Wales the pivotal in that game and he's um, he's uh, gone into the top 10 which brings yeah. us on to the top that, 10 let's, let's, hang on let so, me just what, ask Ben what, now what? Benjamin you know cool. Benjamin who's the best outside half in the world in 2019 and why Richie Mwanga right exactly how good was he at the World Cup in, a, in did I say it a New Zealand team uh, in decline uh, he's very good so so don't you agree with me he should be a lot higher I think he could be higher I think Liam Williams should be higher looking at this now should Samu Karevi be higher because you could argue him and Delaney being outstanding centres in world rugby well, course, the interesting thing then is you look at someone who is perhaps higher than those who you could argue based purely on 2019 it should be a bit low she's Brody Retallick That's yeah. what I'm it's a now. difficult one Retallick it should be lower because every time he did play even with little rugby on his influence was so great but he didn't play an awful lot of rugby at yeah. all yeah. so that again goes back to that balancing act so you know, I think you could certainly make an argument for him coming down and the ones we just mentioned moving up yeah, so what if we say hmm. 16 yeah I think oh, that's fine 16 or 19 that's, that's 16 I think that's fine well, do you think he's better than Billy Vanapolo than your Billy had? I'd argue he should be in then between uh, below Vanapolo and above Furlong. Yeah, okay. Um, get on with it when you yeah, get Yeah, okay, yeah. Leave that to you. So that brings so that brings Liam Williams in the top 15. Yeah. The question now is, and I think this is we're going to discuss this and we're going to finalise this now, where does Liam Williams rise to? Where does Richie Mwanga rise to? And then who drops down further? I think I can I can certainly um, see the value and the argument for Mwanga being in the top ten. I think Liam would probably be just outside, maybe around about the eleven mark. I think so. The, if I just think the rugby he was playing the first half of the year was okay. That's, that's fine. If you could put Mwanga and Liam Williams in the top ten, who who drops out of that top ten? I don't think Liam Williams should be in the top ten. I think I think because of the World Cup. When you look at this list, yeah, I would I would go for Mwanga come in, and I'd be happy to make a, a compromise at Liam at number eleven. Can we live with that? Yeah, uh, yeah. So who drops out of the top ten to make way? I mean, the bloke who's got to be in the top ten is Ardi Sevilla. Well, he's number eleven now. It's another one now. Well, he's got to be in there. Well, right, so, oh, right, so, don't forget, he was Super Rugby okay. Player of the Year, New Zealand Player of the Year, and All Blacks Player of right, the Year. Right, so. If I read out 10 to 6, for example, yeah. I think the yeah. top five we all agree will stay, right? So 10 to 6 at the moment, we've got 10, Damien Dialande, 9, Tom Curry, 8, Maro Itojo, 7, Alwyn Jones, 6, Josh Adams. Now, which of those, which two of those, to fit in with your request, would you drop from the top 10? Ooh, that's a tough question. That's a tough, that's a big call. Possibly Dialande, down slightly lower? No, no, I no. dropped Tom Curry. What? And dropped Tom Curry, Justin Tempest outplayed him in the uh, 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 Grand Slam, and uh, and um, South Africa did a number on him in the final as well. So I don't think he should be in the uh, in the top ten. Uh, I'd have him. I'd put him out there myself. Um, it was a tough call or else, and when you look at that list. So the two people you were talking about were Richie Mwanga and. Adi Surveyor. Adi Surveyor. Yeah. I'd th- uh, possibly Surveyor had a great had a great uh, rugby championship. Just the injury affected him during the World Cup. He's right on the cusp for me of the top ten. Right on the cusp. 
I think he's been the All Blacks probably best player this year. Well, he's been voted yeah. their best player. Exactly. And Super Rugby's best player. And don't forget, he plays for a region uh, franchise who didn't actually win Super Rugby. Plus yeah. All Blacks player of the year. I, I, I would actually be more more uh, keen to have Surveyor in the top 10 than Moanga personally. I think Surveyor yeah. as a year has well, been fantastic. Plus, he both deserve to be in there to Bowden Barrett. Well, we haven't mentioned Bowden Barrett yet. Mm, you know, is he too so, high? So, readers, listeners, you can understand that there's going to be some fiddling around yeah, with the list going to happen. Yeah, I say that as well. It's based on the fact if if Barrett is is in our top ten, surely he should have been New Zealand's Player of the Year. Yet he wasn't. Andy Surrey was their Player of the Year and All Blacks Player of the Year. He's won every award in New Zealand this year. So that means the New Zealand public are one Barrett, of Barrett's think such he's a better Barrett's such a hard one to sort of quantify, isn't it? Because yeah, he's he player, is. <laughs> He's just, he is just yeah. an outlandish. Well, I, I think we should but. agree then, because we've got to make a decision. It's, I think we should agree that Ardi Surveyor and Richie Mwanga go in the top 10. Yep. And the two players to drop out. Curry? Possibly. Well, and possibly, I'd say Dialandi. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, he's still top The 10. other interesting one in our top 10 is on individual ability, is fast to clerk, good enough to be in the World Cup, but as a team player and as a catalyst for South Africa. You know, has he got to be? I, should, is he I, one of their key reasons they won I the think, World Cup? I think, for those I think in addition, his outstanding form for sale at club level and his importance to South Africa, and he is so pivotal to the game plan. And they won the World Cup. I think yeah, he has to be right high up there. Yeah. All right, so we'll work on that basis. Possibly Curry and Dale Ender moving down. We'll have a fiddle around with that. Um, Alan Wynne Jones. Now, we had a, quite a long de- debate. You'll have heard me mention those two names Alan Wynne Jones and Josh Adams. Um, about which of those should be high. Alan Jones, of course, was Six Nations Player of the Year, just been voted BBC Wales Personality of the Year. And do you think that Adams should be ahead of him? Yes, I do. Uh, because Josh Adams, World Cup's top try scorer, and you know, Wales team don't really throw the ball around too much. Excellent Six Nations, scored tries and all that. Good at club level. And, uh, you know, he's had a fantastic year. I just don't think you can ignore the fact he scored the most tries in the World Cup. That shows how good he is and how lethal a player. And he, it's not just his scoring, he's just an all-round good rugby player. And, uh, you know, I think if I was, um, uh, you know, if, if he was playing for another nation, we'd be uh, saying what a fantastic rugby player he is, what a finisher, etc., etc. I think based on his form in 2019, he deserves to be higher. Well argued. Um, higher than six? I would have had him in myself as uh, three or four in the world, but um, well, if that's uh, the case, we're, we're going to have to move on to then. If I'll start reading the top five in reverse order, we've got number five, Cheslin Colby. Yep. Mm. Number four, Fafter Clerk, we've mentioned. Mm. Number three, Bowden Barrett. We will leave the top two just for now. If you're going to take anybody out of the top five, I, out of De Clerk, Colby, and, and um, Barrett, I would take out uh, Barrett. You wouldn't have Bowden Barrett as one of the top five players no, in the I'd world. No, I'd have Fafter Clerk for his influence at number three and I would have Josh Adams at number four myself so you wouldn't have Burden Barrett in the top five players in the world I would have him in instead of Colby right so you would drop Colby a place so, as well so you would have Adams instead of Colby yeah so you got so you, Faf, so Faf, Faf number three Faf three Adams four, four Barrett five Colby Six. Okay. Mm. Right, right, you boys, you've got the. Well, no, no, that was very stridently put. And, um, and now our colleague. You've moaned enough about the rest of this. Mark Orders oh, would go. Our colleague oh. out west, Mark yes. Orders, would go three Barrett, four Surveyor, five De Klerk, six Colby. 
Yeah, I think uh, Mark's input as well is further evidence that Surveyor has to come into that top 10. Yes. I had him in my top 10 going into the tournament. I think he's had a fantastic year. Just unfortunately, he picked up injuries when he did in the tournament. But uh, yeah, I certainly more than happy for him to go into the top 10. Which we, then brings us on to the top two, the top yeah. three, as we, uh, we, we will discuss that. But I think we've all agreed that one and two... Uh, are going to be nailed on? Yeah, it's in more order, I suppose. Well, at the moment, we've got number two, Semir Adradra. Now, I I had him in my uh, top 20 of players to look out for at the World Cup, but best 25 players, um, expecting big things of him. He even surpassed what we expected. He was just... At times you were watching him, you were just chuckling to yourself because he was just impossible to play. The number of touches he had on the ball, the number of metres he made, the very fact that he made just about everybody's team of the World Cup, even though Fiji went out of the group stage, shows an enormous influence he was. He was just virtually unstoppable. And, um, you know, what a signing for Bristol Bears for next season. I think he's just a magnificent player. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you yep, said. Can't you know, what, any you know, you know, you can. He's just phenomenal, isn't he? And what he does with the ball, so, and yeah, uh, he can just beat people powerful and run round them, whatever. So the question then is, should he be number one? Now, going into the tournament, as I said, I did the top twenty-five list, and I agonised a long time about that. Who should be number one? And as I say, it was like a lot of it was based on you know track record, um, part large degree what they did in twenty-nine, but just the standing. And I had this man who we've got a number one as number one in that list for quite a period, named Peter Steph Dutrois, South Africa. In the end, I changed it and I went to Brody Retallick at number one, just based on like what he's done as a player of the years and the kind of belief that he would come through. I must admit, I wish. I'd stuck with my original <laughs> so this is a time and opportunity to address that because Dutrois had been brilliant going into the World Cup and in the World Cup he was just absolutely outstanding again I will never forget his performance against Wales in the semi-final I have, I've never seen anything like it before where one man alone has virtually destroyed the opposition's attacking game his work at the breakdown there a one-man ruck wreck of his counter-wrecking and, but that was just part of his game his carrying his tackling his, his leadership his presence this is a player that's come on so much over the last two or three years people questioned not that long ago whether he was good international class well he certainly is and he's now absolute world class and based on the whole year I don't think he's had a bad game and I think he has to be the best voted the best player in the world 2019 he's already been officially named that and I think he certainly will be top of my list yeah well he's great in the rugby uh, rugby championship and great in uh, at the World Cup uh, you know he's had super year um, just into everything just a really good all round rugby player it's taken him years to come through, mm. but I can remember interviewing Gary Teichman, I don't know, six years ago probably, maybe seven years ago, and do you know what he said? And this guy was a youngster then. He said, I don't understand why the Springboks don't use Peter Seth de Trois. He's such a good rugby player because he's a lock, so lock or back rower, playing back row at the World Cup. He says that guy could have a huge future, yet the All Black, uh, this, sorry, Springboks at that time didn't want to know him. And so he's taken Razzie Erasmus, take over his coach for him to really come yeah. through and, uh, and, and, and shine. And he has been absolutely fantastic. Less, you know, on the biggest, not only on the biggest stage of all, but against the best players in the world. And he fully deserved to be world. Well, I mean, the ultimate test was the World Cup final because there'd been so much talk about, um, and rightly so, the about Curry and Underhill. Row, yeah. What do they call them? The Kamikaze kids, I think. And okay. uh, I can't remember. One of, one of Eddie Jones's many <laughs> references. But there's been a lot of talk about those Cundale, two. Kamikaze, wasn't it? <laughs> a lot of talk about those two, you know. And they were favourites going into the final. 
but Dutrois came out on top. He was yeah, but him, that, that was party though because of the beast. Yes, the, he certainly had the platform, platform in front of him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and Vermeulen yeah. as well with his ball carrying. Yeah. but I think Vermeulen is a player who delivers on a big stage. Yeah, yeah. In a big but I think if you if, you know any doubts about who was the player of the World Cup and who was player of the of the World Year, the final confirmed it. And as I say, I, just, I can hardly remember him a bad game. Yeah. So I think. I think we all agreed on that one. That's one we are agreed on. Yes, it is. I'd like to help out our colleague Mark Orders and make a compelling argument for him not to be number one. But yeah, because um, Mark, of course, wanted. Uh, I mean, he said uh, Rodrigo Tiprik number one. I <laughs> know uh, he had uh, Rodrigo. He had a ge- his words uh, were eight. a genius who would walk into any team in the world. His performance against Wales was one of the great individual displays. Absolutely, and that's true. But I think we are all in agreement. This. Please. I think Des to do tw- tw- twelve again or any team in the world. Absolutely. So well done, Peter Steph. There we go. So let's recount down the, the top fifteen, shall we? Just to make sure that we're all in agreement on yeah. the new places. Uh, uh, yeah, so notes of them, ben. number fifteen, Liam yeah. Williams. Yeah, happy with that. Fourteen, Samu Karevi. Thirteen, Dwayne Vermeulen. Twelve, Damien Dialende. Yeah. Eleven, Tom Curry. Ten, Richie Mwanga. Yeah, nine. Ardi Surveyor. Yeah. Eight, Mauro Atoji. Would you be inclined to maybe move one of the All Blacks yeah. above Atoji? Uh, Surveyor. Yeah. yeah, I would um, certainly move one of them above. Yeah. Should we go? So we'll Surveyor. go Atoji at nine, Ardi Surveyor at eight. eight. Yeah. Seven, Alan Jones. Uh, six, Cheslin Colby. Five, Bowden Barrett. Number four, Josh, Josh Adams. Adams. Yeah. Three Fafter Clerk. Yeah. Two semi driver And number one, Wales Online's best player, 2018. Of 2019. 2018? 2019. 2019. Get the year right. Peter Steph Dutois. Yeah. What would be nice now as well is for uh, listeners to make some comments on our website. Absolutely. And uh, tell us what they think and perhaps name their top tens. Indeed. Yeah. That'd be great to hear from uh, the listeners on who they think. You can tweet us at Wales Rugby or through the podcast Twitter at Welsh Rugby Pod. Um, finally, looking through the top 50, uh, just for a bit of fun, who's the player on here who you enjoy watching most? I emphasise uh, the word enjoy. Um, player I enjoy watching most over the course of the whole year. Um, do you know what? He's not even in the 50. Isn't that weird? <laughs> the player I enjoyed watching most because of his development and his progress, and I just think what he's going to be is Aaron Wainwright. Mm, that's interesting. Can't I thought you were going to say Thomas Williams. Then. No, I just think uh, he's been such a breath of fresh air into this Welsh team, and I think he is a potential British Lion, British and Irish Lion for the next tour. So, And I think maybe if we were to do this list in a year's time... He'll be there. I think he'd be there, hopefully, if he continues oh, his progress. Definitely. Yeah, the, the guy I like watching, and he's at number 34 now, uh, Lisp, I think he'll be heading Skywards as well, is Antoine Dupont, the French come off. I think he's a heck of a player in the making. I think he's got everything. He's got power. He's got pace. He's got vision. He's got skill. He knows exactly what he's doing on the pitch. And, you know, people are predicting Eddie Jones, France, coming for us, hosting the next World Cup. I think that bloke could be bright at the Right at the end of phase for him. So where did Mr. Tipperick finish in the end? Uh, this is a, this is an anti-Tipperick campaign. Absolutely by this not. Here. I just wanted to work it out, looking at all the balance of the argument. Well, at the He's minute, up to at 12. the minute, at the minute, twelve is it? Nineteenth. 
I thought you moved I, him up. We'll have to move him to 12. Yeah, because the reason I asked, the reason I asked Andrew, because mm-hmm. I didn't think I heard him being read out in the top 15, so I thought it's I'd a very check good point. on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I think um, we look, Mr. Orders has rightly sort of made a strong case for him, and yeah, we need to look at moving uh, Mr. Tipperick up into that top you know, 15. Mr. Orders said that. about him is consistency and high standards with the heart of so much that was good about Wales. Would you have him ahead of Damien Dealand there? Well, you see, it's interesting because Zealandi was in our top ten. We didn't be moving him too far down, do we? Orders as well has got Zealandi at, uh, at number nine well, in his list behind Tip Richard. He says absolutely key to South Africa's World Cup success. I'm happy to say Tipperick at thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Is it then a case of everyone just drops down one, so Karevi goes to? No, I mean Liam's outside top fifteen, yeah. end, is it? Karevi is a good player. <laughs> as, just as, moving, as you can see, listeners, we've still got a bit of work to do. I think Tipperick goes to 13 and I'll take the personal hit that, that Liam Williams drops to 16th they went back to where he was originally so where me and you said look at all, all that all that all that work <laughs> there, not much changes um, there we go never asked me about the player I enjoy watching go on I'm asking you now I've been oh, waiting for you just to say Ben um, I'm going to say Matsushima yeah. Watch, watching him play for Japan in that World Cup um, and the way he played, he, he, he reminds me of like a sort of a rugby league fullback wing. The way he goes looking for work and the way he takes his tries, a bit like how Chris Ashton first came through as a, as, a, as, a, as a fullback at Wigan before he came to the Union. Just something like that. He, he strikes me like that. And just watching Japan, what they did in that World Cup, you know, it, a couple of days after the, you know everything that happened with the Hurricane beat in Scotland, the way they did. It's probably one of the moments of the year, wasn't it, sporting-wise? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and if I was picking a coach of the year, it'd be Jamie Joseph. Well, you can coach the fifty then. Yeah, oh, why they wouldn't play some exciting rugby. Thank God we don't have to consider coaches as well. <laughs> there we go. That's it for. Don't give Paul Abenato ideas. Oh, no. He loves top ten coaches. Exactly. No more ideas. Um, that's it for the top fifty. Hope you've enjoyed listening to this little selection meeting. You can read the full top fifty on Wales Online.